Joshua 6, it says, chapter 6, it says, Now the gates of Jericho were securely shut because of the Israelites. It said that no one can come in and no one could come out. Then the Lord said to Joshua, I, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with this king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry the trumpets of rams of horns in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them, a sound of a long, long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a long shout of praise to the Lord. Then the walls of the city will collapse. Amen. Father, we thank you for your promise. We thank you that you go before us. Thank you that you desire us to give us victory, that we would be men and women of God, that will know what to, how to live in victory and the blessing of God. We pray that you come in this moment, have your way, Holy Spirit. Move among us, open our hearts, open our ears. That we speak your word. Father, let it be anointed. We ask you this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, and amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you, team. We'll see you very soon. What a beautiful presence of God here this morning. God had promised the children of Israel a land that will flow with milk and honey. But between them and God, between them and God's promises and God's plan and provision was Jericho. Jericho was a strong and powerful with walls all around it. And as you may know, the walls around Jericho were 15 meters high and five meters wide. It looked like a city that it was unconquerable. It seemed as though it, it, seemed as though it said to Joshua and to the children of Israel, stay out, stay away from the fulfillment of God's promises. We know that it, what it meant to them. So here was an obstacle between the people of God and the promises of God head, head for them. And this obstacle needed to be removed. What does that mean for us today? It means that there are people, there are people in, this, in, in here, there are people of God that still have obstacles and they still, these obstacles need to be removed. What does it mean to you personally? What does it mean to me, to me personally? That through the through Lord Jesus and by the faith, I can be victorious. The devil will see to it that there is some great wall or obstacle between you and God's plan for your life. Something that will say, stop, you can't go any further. But I believe this morning, God will speak to us and reveal to us something that will make a difference in your life and my life. That will help us to conquer these walls and to take on this new territory. That will help us to experience God's blessing and God's victory over our lives. Because God wants to do something new in your life. He wants us to take, he wants to take us to a place of blessing and victory. A place that we've never been before. So not just as a church, but as an individual. God wants to do something new that you have never experienced before. 
And I believe for us to be able to get there, there is a key, a very important key that we need to take into consideration, that we need to take as a principle, and that is the key of the power of praise. And Joshua, the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given you Jericho into your hands with this, with this king and the mighty men of Vela. So here is what God sees. The city's been shut. No one can come in. No one can come out. So what we see here at church is that God pronounces, God announces a victory even before the miracle came to pass. Yet it doesn't mean that they have no part to play. Because in Hebrew 11, it tells us that by faith, the people walked around the walls of Jericho. By faith, it required faith. They were instructed to march around the city every day for six days. And on the seventh day, they were instructed to march around the city seven times with a priest blowing the trumpets. And on the seventh day, when you hear the priest, it says, give the long blast of the trumpet. For they have all the people shout as loud as they can and the walls of the city will come down. This is how they would have experienced the victory. Notably, there's going to be some things required of you and I if we want to see God's work, if we want to see God's victory, if we want to see Him do something above than what we think or even imagine. There is something that we need to do. And can I just say in passing that God's ways are not always our ways. No, actually, God's ways are not our ways. God does things completely different to us. And that doesn't mean that He's illogical, but His ways are so far above our ways. God sees things differently, and God's gonna, it's going to ask you and I to do things in our life that require a step of faith. I mean, imagine this, this, this armed man going around the city of Jericho one time, and then they go back to the camp and then they say, what do we do? Did we accomplish anything? Did anything happen? Did you see the walls move? Sometimes God requires us to step out in faith, even if we can't see the immediate change in the physical world. However, this doesn't mean that nothing is happening on the spiritual world. You see, we walk by faith and not by sight. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, Faith sees the invisible. Faith understands that there, is, there are things that are happening that you and I can't see. And perhaps you are walking around. You're walking around the walls of Jericho in your life. And you can't see the answers. Your prayer has been answered. Nothing has changed. But can I just remind us, we are to walk by faith and not by what we see. Sometimes we want, we want an instant, instant prayer and we want it to happen straight away. And some people, because those things don't happen, some people decide to quit. And some people get discouraged. And some people conclude and say, it doesn't work. God is not going to do it. Can I tell you that none of that is true? God has called us to walk by faith, which means we know things. We are certain of things. We are convicted of things. We have assurance even when we can't see, see them happening. And I know I can stand this morning and tell you that I just can see God doing an amazing thing in the life of the church. And how do I know this? 
because the God has placed it in my heart and because that's what he wants to do, something amazing, something that we can't even think or even imagine. So there's not only the issue of faith, but it's the part of obedience. This is walking according to God's word and promises. So here we have Joshua, the son of Nun, called together all the priests and said to them, take up the ark of the Lord's covenant and assign seven priests to walk in front of it and behind it and carry a, a, a trumpet. He said to the people, go forward, march around the city and, and the armed men will lead the way before the ark before the ark of the Lord, just as Joshua had commanded the people. And after Joshua had spoken, the seven priests, they picked up the ram's horn and the, the trumpet, they started marching in the presence of the Lord, blowing the trumpeters as they marched. And Joshua said to them, do not say a word, don't speak a single word, not until I tell you to shout. When I tell you to shout, then you shout. Do you know why? Because sometimes people are better to be silent than not to be talking. Because you can imagine if they were allowed to talk while they're walking around the walls. Can you imagine that this belief that would have spread by people saying, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if this is going to happen. Nothing is happening. I can't see any changes. Nothing has moved. You see the silence, sure, made sure that people's faith was not, going to be, was, was not going to be discouraged. That they disbelieved the gospel, the projection of faith, what, the faith was not going to cause an uprise of disbelief. So let us believe that God's going to do something amazing and big in your life. And if we can't speak it, let's not speak against it. Amen? Joshua said to the people, don't say a word. Not a word from your mouth until the day that I tell you to shout. Then you shall shout. So they marched around the city and they turned to the camp and they did there for six days. And on the seventh day, they rose early at dawn and marched around the city as they had done before. And it was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times. And then on the seventh time, when the priest had blown the trumpet, Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Shout, for the Lord has given you victory. Then the people shouted. Then the people shouted and the trumpets were blown. And they could see the victory. The walls came tumbling down. This is a very unusual story. A very interesting story, you see, certainly will make no physical sense. Certainly you will imagine, you will never imagine that somebody could take a city this way. The story itself is very straight up, but the important things to us is that we can gain the principle from it. You see, in Joshua, the word of shout or shout is repeated nine times. So we can understand there is an emphasis on the importance of shout, of praise and victory. You see, the word in Hebrew for shout is ruah, which means a shout of triumph, a shout of joy, a shout of praise. So this is a word of praise. This is a word of celebration. This is a word of lifting the voice to the King of kings and to the Lord of lords. Amen. And that word is used different times in the, in the psalm. 
But I want to ask you this morning, has there been a time in your life where you faced a Jericho? Has there been a time where you faced a situation in your life and you needed God to do a miracle? And you lifted your voice in a shout of praise, not after it happened, but before it happened. Because in your heart you said, I believe that God can do this. This is a spiritual weapon to bring about victory and you shout it to the Lord. Has that ever happened in your life? Can I tell you something? The enemy loves to silence praise. Because the enemy understands that when there is no praise, there is likely a diminishing of a spiritual victory and defeat. But we have to be careful that we're no more committed to our tradition or our bringing, or especially when, that when, let me say, especially to when we come to a place of uh, being in a comfort zone. And another way to put this, we must avoid prioritizing our comfort zone over the conviction and teachings found in the scriptures. Honestly, if it's in the word, it's true. If, if God's for it, we should be for it. If it's not in the Word, if it's not for it, we don't want any part of it. But when you read the Scriptures, what you will find is that the shadow of praise is all over the Scriptures. And then if the shadow of praise is all over the Scripture, then it should be part of our lives, not just on Sundays here. Can I just say that? And I pray that we will never be a, a church that is quiet. And I know that some people may say, you know, you need to be still. There is a time and a place, and I'm not discounting times of reverence, silent. This is also very important. But it is also important to emphasize praising God. Whether we see the victory, whether we, we praise God in, his, in, in expectation of victory. Praising God with a whole heart, with a whole mind. Praising the only true God. Praising the faithful one. Praising the, the powerful God, the majestic God, the awesome God, the one who is worthy of praise. So this morning, I'm just going to read some Psalms. You're welcome to do what it says. Clap your hands, all your nations. Clap your hands, all your nations. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Shout for joy with all the earth. Sing to God our strength because He is our strength. Shout aloud to the God of Jacob. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. I will shout for joy and sing His praises for you have ransomed me. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Shout for the, to the Lord for all the earth. Shout with a voice of gladness. How should we approach the Lord? And what does He expect of us? What is He required of us? The Bible says this. It says, enter His gates with thanksgiving and enter His courts with praise. What does that look like? You know, we come before and we say, God, I thank you. I thank you for your love. I praise you for what you're doing. I thank you for what you're going to do. Oh, I thank you for your provision. I thank you for you're going to join my family. I thank you for the victory. When we shout a hallelujah, we're essentially saying, praise the Lord. It's a way of shouting to God with praise and giving Him honour.
And that is what we're talking about. It's all a matter about walking in obedience. So are you shouting loudest in your, li- in your life? Are you shouting in your life? When you see the walls of Jericho, can you see it? Are you shouting a voice of praise, a sound of praise to the Lord? Some of you are facing a Jericho in your situation. And, Jer- and Jericho's come in all sizes and all shapes. It could be physical, it could be emotional, it could be financial, it could be, you know, your family. But I believe believe that God brought you here today. And God is speaking directly to you, to your heart, and he's given you something that you need to understand about the victory he wants to bring into your life. Do you understand that, church? God God, God wants to do something in your life today. You see, the people of Israel... They walked by faith around the walls of Jericho. But there came a moment where they had to apply a whole heart shut to the Lord. Where they were crying out to the God. And then in that moment, when they were crying out to the Lord, at that moment, their walls came down. Yes, they had faith. But it was, but it was when they shouted that the walls came tumbling down. God wants to do a miracle in your life. God wants to set you free. He wants to do a lot of things. And sometimes they don't happen because people don't mix faith with obedience. You see, through what God has to do, and and God wants to do them. People are not persevering and believing God that He is able to bring into a place of victory. So don't give up. Don't quit. Keep believing. Because God wants to do it. He is faithful. He is true. He delights to do and show himself powerful. And as you lift up the shout of praise and faith, he's going to do it for you. So let me just quickly say a couple of things. One, praise is a spiritual weapon. When you are trying to get to a promise, you have to push a little harder. When you are trying to get your promise, Think about the promises that God has given you. You have to push a little harder. You have to get your praise up front. You have to sound the alarm for war. Notify the enemy that you are on the premises and you're about to take him down. And you keep praising and you keep praising him. Just like Jericho, I took seven times. But on the seven times, something in the atmosphere changed. Something began to shake. It was never about the war. It was never about the walls. It was about the promise where God said, I will deliver you. So there are things that are going on and, and we are declaring with the whole heart, with the whole being, the praises of God. Powerful things will happen. Praise is a spiritual weapon because as we, are, we understand life is not just a physical fight. Ephesians 8 tells us that we do not struggle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of the dark will. There is a demonic will that is very real. And there is a battle that is happening there. They need to be defeated and you won't defeat them with physical weapons. Let me tell you, you need to take up your spiritual weapon. If we are going to fight a spiritual battle, we've got to have a spiritual weapons. Listen, it's not just your neighbor. It is not just your wife or your husband or your children. There is, a, there is something that is happening. We need, we need these spiritual weapons to fight that war. In 2 Corinthians 10, it says, 
For though we live in a world, we do not wage war as the world does. It's not just who you know. It is not about how much money you've got in the bank. It's not how much smart you are. It's not how hard you work. All those things have a place under the hand of God and His blessing. But let me tell you, the weapons we fight, we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they're divine. They have divine power to demolish the strongholds. Demolish the strongholds of fortresses in our lives. You see, this is what the devil does. He watches you. He studies you. He observes and he plans for dominating people and ultimately defeating people. He wants to build the strongholds. And, and where do the strongholds start? They start in your mind. They start in your heart. They start internally in the invisible realm. He watches you. He baits you. He tempts you. And you need to be careful where you let your mind go because you have to be careful where you set your affections. He knows what you like. He knows what you don't like. He knows what attracts you. He knows what, you, what it doesn't attract you. He knows your insecurities. He knows your weaknesses, your fears. And slowly over time, he begins to take over. Brick by brick, he begins to build a stronghold in your life. What was Jericho? A stronghold. What was Jericho? A fortress. What brought Jericho down? It was the shout of praise, of praise to God mixed with the faith of people to obey that brought about a victory. Praise is a weapon that will destroy the strongholds. Praise is a weapon that will destroy the fortresses in your life. And some of you, you may say, well, I don't know if it's a stronghold. Well, if it's something that you can't beat, if it keeps coming back and it won't go away. And you probably say, well, this is just who I am. No, let me tell you, that's the enemy. Praise is a weapon to tear down the strongholds. Number two, praise brings us to a place of humility. We remember our dependency is not on ourselves, but our dependency is on God. As we acknowledge our need for Him, as we praise Him as our Creator, as our King, of this world, we admit and recognize that we are not in control, but that He is in control. Amen. Number three, praises leaves no room for complaining and negativity. Sometimes, even within our prayers, we can tend to complain about our problems. And I get it. I do it. But God knows the heart. And can I tell you that God knows your heart and God cares for you. He knows what you carry. He knows what you need. But through praise, through praise, we are, we are focused on Him. We're no longer focused on, our, on what we need, on what we struggle, but we are, our mind, our focus becomes Him more than our struggles. Number four, praise invites His presence. God dwells close when we praise Him. And you probably came this morning as you began to praise Him, you could feel His presence. He lives there. He looks for it. He says that He inhabits the praises of His people. Number five, praise. It paves the way for God's power to be displayed. Miracles happen. People's lives are affected and changed when, when we praise them. God shakes things up through praise. You see, the army of Israel and the bed of Jericho, they, they shouted. They shouted a, 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 a shout of praise before the walls fell. 
They shouted before they even the, the walls came down. See, we praise God before the victory happens because that's what brings victory. Paul and Silas. There's a story that they were thrown in prison and the prison guard was commanded to keep them in, to keep them inside very carefully. And so they began to start to praise God. They started to sing to God. And it says that at midnight, all of a sudden, the earthquake came and it shook and the foundations of the, of the jail, it shook the foundation of the jail. The doors of the jail broke. The, chain, the chains were broken. The prisoners were set free. And they all walked out free. There was a miracle. But it's also a metaphor of what God does in your life when you praise Him. When you don't know what to do, when you're stuck, when you're bound up, when you need to be set free from, from, from an addiction, from a habit, or a situation where you need God to do something, God to do a miracle in your life. You see, praising God breaks chains and opens the doors. Praising God breaks the chains in your life. Praising God brings things that are, brings things that are holding you back. Praising God opens the door for God to do a miracle in your life. Yes. And one more story. There's a King Jehoshaphat in the land of Judah. And they have been invaded by three other massive armies. And they were coming against them. They were coming against, the, the, against Israel and they were terrified. They were afraid. And they said, God, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. We don't know what to do. We are scared, but our eyes are on you. And so the word of the prophet comes and they said, God's got a plan for you. Don't be afraid. He's going to fight for you. And that's what He's saying to some of you this morning. He's going to fight for you because the victory is already there for you. The battle has already been won. Amen. In Jesus' name. 